Okay, it's me. Oh. <laughs> My friend literally walked by that church on East 10th near Laurel Broadway and Snapchatted me that today. Do you get that reference or do you not? Mm-mm. If then. Walking by a wedding. Oh, on East I mean, I was making Broadway. an if then reference. You were making a skin tight reference. Oh, no, no, it was if then. No, if then was hey, it's me. Skin tight, skin tight was, was hey, party, party boys. boys. I would like to point out, though, that my if-then reference is the first line of the show. And that's and that's it. That's the last <laughs> reference I'm making. My name's Quincy. My name's Kevin. And this is Sentimental Men. But keep your thumb away from that skip button. We're here to talk. And maybe scream. About our favorite women in musical theater. I truly don't know how to begin this episode. One, because I feel like it's been a really long time since we've actually sat down and recorded an episode. Yeah. And two, because it's like, where do you begin? Do we talk about the dress rehearsal? Do we not talk about it? Do we talk about like... So that's the thing. I think we, for the purposes of this episode, we should literally do it like chronological order from like brunch, (laughs) pre-dress rehearsal. (laughs) Through this moment, uh-huh. because, well, first of all, hi guys, welcome back, it's October. Yeah, wait, hey, <laughs> happy October, happy Wicked Month, happy Sentimental Men Month. Truly. Quincy, did I tell you what Connor said to me the other day? No, what? He said that you and I, me and you, the Sentimental Men, are Oz's favorite team, and I thought that was so cute. And so I'm gonna lean into that for this month of Wicked. I can't believe we haven't thought about that. That should be like our tagline for the pod or something. I think it should be. Is David Stone gonna sue us if we have a podcast called Sentimental Men and then the tagline is Oz's <laughs> favorite, Oz's team. favorite team? It's just like very close. Anyways, okay, um, okay, so yes, I think we start chronologically. So Kevin and I were lucky enough to attend the final dress rehearsal of Wicked, which was a little while ago when you're listening to this, but was only this past Sunday for us because we were literally recording this on Wednesday, the day after Wicked opening on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, It's been 24 hours since we've seen Wicked. So Lindsay Pierce invited us to the final dress rehearsal, Uh, which I will forever be grateful for. Yeah. I mean, unnecessarily kind of her to do. And also made the dreams of these two little gay boys just come true. (laughs) (laughs) Two little gay boys. Um, Yeah, so Kevin and I got brunch before. Uh And we ate whatever. It was fun. And (laughs) before we like stood up from the table at brunch, Kevin, tell the listeners what you told me. Because I think it's like, it was really perfect. So yeah, so we were getting up to leave and... There was this moment of silence where Quincy and I just looked at each other and I was like, Quincy, we're going to get up from this table. We're going to walk over to the Gershwin and then we're not getting off the Wicked train until November 1st. Like we are going to be full steam ahead, all Wicked, all the time for the next six weeks. That and like... Because this week, Wicked opened on Tuesday, but so did Lion King and so did... Uh, I'm forgetting... Chicago. One. And Hamilton. Chicago, the show that I work on. Yeah, remember you had to go to work? Um, Yeah, so it was like Wicked Chicago, Hamilton, Lion King also opened on Tuesday. So this week was kind of the big, okay, Broadway's actually back and like we're in the swing of things week. So it's just been, aside from the Wicked of it all, it's been hectic, I think, for everyone in the theater community because it's just like everyone's been scrambling around Times Square. Yeah. all week and will all continue week. to do I think into next week yeah so what Quincy's trying to say is his job is hella demanding and on top of that we're also gonna crank out like an entire season of this podcast in like a month but we were saying it's good stress because <laughs> it it's is, like it's oh. so good I love having this stress to look forward to you know what I mean yeah, like poor us. We're busy seeing Wicked and talking to Alphabus. Mm. So yeah, we got up. We had that moment of appreciation for the calmness that we will not know for the rest of the year. And then we got up and walked on over to the Gershwin Theater. We followed that yellow brick road. Which, okay, so at the Gershwin, I had, was Waitress the only show I'd seen? I had seen a couple Broadway shows already, but what's happening at the Gershwin is like a totally different operation. It was like, it felt like we were trying to get into the Pentagon and it was only the dress Oh my God, yes. 
it's like airport security. Like it's like that level of like thought out and mapped out and planned. And there's people like directing you which line to go to. Like they're running a tight ship at the Gershwin. It's like you turn your brain off and just get shuffled around. And it's real smooth. Yeah. It was, it was like very yeah. impressive. Hat tip to the front of house staff. Yeah. And all those COVID compliance officers, because it was like really something else. It was quite um, an operation. COVID compliance officers, including <laughs> friend oh of the my pot. God. <laughs> Kevin and I are waiting in line to get into the Gersh. We see this man waving at us and, you know, masks, sunglasses and everything. So I'm staring at him. I'm like, who is this waving? And I was like, can't be waving at me because I didn't know who it was. It was friend of the pod, Jason. Woo, Jason. Working at the mothership. Yeah, COVID compliance officer, Jason. I was so excited to see him. Yeah, it was super nice to see him. And then... Uh, also ran into a couple of other listeners at the dress rehearsal and got to chat with them, which was like really nice and cool and surreal mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. be like, cause I feel like you and I have been just doing this podcast from our bedrooms and not really realizing that people actually listen to it. So that was like a cool moment for us and to get to meet all these people that we've been like DMing with. Um, yeah. And then we went to the dress rehearsal, had great seats. We were orchestra center. Okay. So wait, so before let's like pause the chronological storytelling and let's talk about the dress rehearsal i I feel like that's what we were just doing (laughs) well i see no quincy because it felt very much like you were like and then we sat down we had great seats we watched the dress rehearsal then i went i got us to our seats and then i was like now we're gonna talk about the show (laughs) okay well i was painting a picture we had arrived at that point of the story oh my god i didn't miss this um (laughs) um i'm just kidding i missed it So this dress rehearsal was, like, obviously the entire creative team and, like, all the producers and everybody was there. So that was really cool to get to see all of them. But what's also cool is, like, when you go to, like, a Broadway-invited dress rehearsal, it's really like you're sitting in a full audience watching the show. But it's cool because it's the entire audience is people who... It's friends of the show. Right, exactly. So it's, like, a really cool familial feeling, right? Yeah, it was super fun. We got to see, we got to meet friend of the pod, Carrie St. Louis in real life, which was really fun and fresh. We did. The vibes were so good in the theater. It's kind of hard to even describe it now, having then gone through opening night, because they like can't even compare. I, I wouldn't even say it can't even compare. I just think it's two totally different vibes and two totally different experiences. And both were so special and cool in their own way. Yeah, I feel like... The way I would describe the vibe of the dress rehearsal was much more of like a theatrical experience, whereas like I think opening night felt like a concert. Yeah. Right? And that's why I'm glad. I'm glad that we went to both because I think if we had just gone to opening, I would probably want to be going to see it again like this weekend, you know, Uh just because like, I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves, but like opening was insane and like just constant applause, constant cheering. And it was like... Everyone in the audience were wicked stands. Mm-hmm. So it was like they knew when to clap. They knew when to stop clapping. They knew when to laugh. They knew what lines were coming and everything. And that was so fun and thrilling to like watch the show in that. It almost felt, tell me if this sounds crazy, but it almost felt like a Rocky Horror viewing in the sense mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, the audience reactions were almost like for the cast. It felt like, like we were all just like so happy for them. Yes, I literally was going to say that it felt like we, the audience at opening night, were like doing what we could to help them have a good show. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, okay, like we know this punchline is coming up and like we're going to help her feel like she nailed it or like, okay, like she's she's hitting the key change. Like we're going to clap. We're going to like pull her through the key change. Like it it felt really... um, Like a supportive energy at opening. And like the audience knew what moments that they wanted to give to the actors doing the show and like gave them those moments to like really... Like a perfect example of that I think is in One Short Day when Elphaba kind of has a moment is like I want to... Pauses and is like I want to remember this moment for the rest of my life. And then the audience Mm -hmm. like erupts in applause. Like that to me is like, yes, we want you, Lindsay, to remember this moment for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, dress rehearsal was incredible. I thought the audience, before 
having seen opening, I thought the audience was sensational at the dress rehearsal. I was like, wow, this is like Same. a fire audience. I was like, wow, yeah. great. Yeah. If we were like smart, we would have recorded our reaction after the dress rehearsal and then recorded after opening because it's it really is hard to like look at the dress rehearsal through the lens of the opening night. Yeah, yeah. The dress rehearsal was like, like you said, a theatrical experience. I feel like it was very special because we got to like see the story again after so long. Mm-hmm. And I also had a moment during the dress rehearsal or maybe right before the dress rehearsal where I was like, you know, we've been talking about Wicked nonstop for the past year. But like the, I haven't like watched a bootleg really in full or anything over this quarantine period. I've just been watching like the hits, mm-hmm. the highlights. And so as the show was about to start, oh, I, I, we, I even turned to you and I was like, wait, I just realize that we're gonna sit we're about to watch this entire show like book scenes and everything sure are (laughs) yeah and like i was like wow i haven't thought really about the book scenes in that way in a long time yeah i would really enjoyed getting to kind of like check in on the show again because obviously like we love it it's great but like the show is in such good shape right now Mm -hmm. that it was like truthfully like you and i probably saw like the closest thing anyone else is going to get to see to like the opening night of wicked like what the show was when it was set and frozen yeah. because that it was like a full reset of the show it looks so good that's kind of like a conversation that i've been having with like theater people where it's like now is the best time to see a broadway show because like they're freshly rehearsed. Everyone is excited to like mm-hmm. be performing and working again. So it's like all of the shows I think in their opening weeks are going to be in like the best shape that they probably will be ever, you know? Yeah. Where it's like all the mm-hmm. eyes are on it. The creatives were just there. It feels very like, okay, we are like seeing the show as the creative team really intended it mm-hmm. to be seen. There were still some, like, things that watching the show, I was like, oh, I never noticed that before. Yeah. One of them being, during Thank Goodness, when Glinda and Fiera are having their, like, "Eh, of course I'll marry you. (laughs) Of course I'll marry you. If that'll make you happy, it'll make you happy thing. Never realized that popular is the underscoring in that scene. Yeah. I don't think I ever consciously clocked that either. Oh, really? Okay. And also never really realized that there's so much underscoring in Wicked. Like, I feel like that was, yeah. the underscoring was a big character for me in the dress rehearsal, at least. Like, that was the first time I, like, actually clocked <laughs> that there's music under book scenes in a way that, like, informs the story, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like a musical. I guess. If that's, is, that, is that how they're done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. There were a lot of moments that I had like that where I was just kind of like, oh, I never noticed that or, like, noticed that in a different way. What was like a. I don't know about a big one, but I did have a realization that. So, you know, in the room assignments scene, how there's like, there's all the students and it's marble. And then there's like those other two, like, teachers or like school marms that are like kind of standing in the middle. One of them looks exactly like Kristen Chenoweth on Schmigadoon. Like, yes, like, like that is the costume. Like, she's in that, like, puritanical, like, dress, and then she's got, like, the same exact hair. Define grass. Okay, another thing, because something that we had talked about on the pod is I posed the question, is Wicked dated as a production? You did. Like, could it use an update? And I will say watching Wicked, Mm -mm. it's not dated. Like, Defying Gravity, even though it is objectively, like, outdated, I think, stage technology and would probably be done differently if you mounted Wicked today, looks incredible and is still so thrilling to just witness with your eyes. Forget all the singing and everything. Like, that is just such a cool, incredible thing. Did you think that she came out a little further than she used to? Or was that me? No, I think they like changed. I think they tweaked a little flight. I also think she rose faster. Yes, I thought that too. I thought there was less fog in Defying Gravity, which Uh I appreciated Uh because I didn't think I need fog. Um, In No Good Deed, I think the stand is shorter. That she like is reading the spells. Yeah. Do you think that's a Lindsay thing though? Yeah, it could be maybe. It it was just interesting, but it even looked like a little short for Lindsay. It was like below her waist. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like they made a choice to make it shorter, which I thought was interesting. It didn't, like, make or break the song, obviously, but I just was like, oh, it looks different. No Good Deed was foggy. If I have one critique of uh, the dress rehearsal, (laughs) it was No Good Deed was very, very foggy. a little too much. One kind of 
nerdy thing that we can point out is that you and I know, and I'm sure many of our listeners know, that they are pretty much at the point, costume-wise, with Wicked, that they just recycle the Act 2 dress for Alphaba and the bubble dress for Glinda mm-hmm. based on, mm-hmm. you know, body type or whatever. Lindsay Pierce is back in the original design of the Act 2 dress, which is slightly different than, like, the last batch that got made. I think this is a fun Easter egg. She told us she's wearing Christy Kate's dress, which I think is so cool. I also think that's really cool. That's iconic. Because that's, like, that's a lot of history in that dress. hmm You know how many days got saved in that dress? Also, Kathy Fitzgerald is morable currently. Ugh. The Kathy Fitzgerald. Insane. Which, like, yeah, obviously we know she's, like, a pretty, uh, like, morable who has been a morable. So I was expecting her to be incredible. This blew me away. I'll say this was the first time that I actually paid attention every single time Marble was on stage. Yeah. She played Marble differently than I have ever seen anyone play Marble. It's so funny when it needs to be funny, and it's so terrifying when it needs to be terrifying. Absolutely frightening. Her Wicked Witch speech, which is a skip for me always. Always. Not with Miss Fitzgerald, though. Not with Miss Fitzgerald. It was like, Mm-mm. It was so scary. And the, and the whole theater was feeling it, too, because it was dead silent. Yeah. And her Wicked Witch, like, yeah. yell, Wicked Witch, is terrifying. Yeah, the vocal fry. Oh, so good. She's, like, literally eating nails. Like, she went so hard. It was so, oh, so good. And her, now you listen to me, the rest of ours might be filled with that. Yeah, yeah. Good. So good. Good Fortune Witch Hunters. Oh, the Good Fortune Witch Hunters, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. She was a highlight for me. Yeah, but it's like she had all those great, like, really, like, dark moments. But then, like, think of how funny she was in the, like... All the Act 1 Glinda stuff is so funny. All the comedic bits were as strong as the, like, Shakespearean scary stuff. I agree. I love that stuff. Shakespearean. Ooh. Right? Is that... I mean, that because she's in that, like, big, broad stage makeup. She's yelling. I'm like, this is... This is theater, baby. This is Shakespeare. Madame Marvel is theater. Yeah, Kathy Fitzgerald was actually <laughs> sensational. I'm just going to say, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this point, mm-hmm. but I am going to say that Sam Gravett as Fierro, I don't think there's been a Fierro that has worn the pants as well as Sam wears the pants. <laughs> 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 I feel like it is my duty to also tell everyone listening that we sat in front of this man's family at the invited dress rehearsal, and it makes me uncomfortable to know that that's what you were taking in about his performance (laughs) in front of his mother. (laughs) Then he walks out, and I'm like, ooh, and then his father's like, yeah, my son. But, no, not that that's what I take away from his performance, but I think I no, feel like I there's know, been many a good-looking Fiero, and I'm not alone in this. There's been many a DM saying the same thing. It's just, like, actually a sight to be seen, and we can leave it at that. <laughs> okay, but while we're talking about Sam, I will say that I really like his Fiero because I think it's really easy for Fiero to fall into the trap of just being kind of, like, smug, mm-hmm. right? But, like, he was, like, a genuinely likable Fiero, and it was, like, oh, like, of course these two friends are, like, both gonna fall for this guy, because he's oh, sure. genuinely nice to each of them. I appreciated that he was making genuinely different choices than other Fieros, because I think, like, yeah, I guess I'm just echoing what you just said, but I think, like, it's very easy to make the same choice as Fiero, because Fiero is maybe a little one-note at times, but, like, there were choices that I was like, oh, I've actually never seen that before, and I think that's really cool. He does an option up in Dancing Through yeah. Life that I really appreciate as well. Something that struck me watching the dress rehearsal is like this cast reads very young and mm-hmm. plays the characters very young. And I think that adds so much depth and like authenticity to the first act because this was the first time that I watched Wicked and been like, oh, the- we're watching college kids. And you said something at the end of the show where it was like, are we just old now? And so that's like... Yeah, I had the same moment as you during Act 1, where I was like, this is a very young cast. But then the difference between us is then my next thought was like, is this a young cast or am I just now the age that the Wicked cast tends to be? The Wicked cast is still older than I am. 
<laughs> so like the fact that I was thinking that to me think makes me think that like they're yeah. playing the college aspect very well. I think it hit during uh, Dancing Through Life. I was like, oh, this is like college kids shooting the shit out on the courtyard. And I've never like really viewed Dancing Through Life in that way, you know? Yeah. Shall we move on to Miss Gina Claire Mason? Shall we move on? Because. Yes, we shall. Let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah, Quincy, I would love for you to start this because let this review really speak to the severity of how good Jenna Claire Mason is in this role. Jenna Claire was actually so sensational. And what, what I think it is, is she never fell into the Glinda thing where she was like playing the funny line as a funny line. Oh, this is funny. So I'm going to play it as a joke. 100%. I kind of feel like everything she said, she like fully believed. And there's two examples of that where I think it like really made a difference. Oh, one was, I don't understand why you can't just teach us history instead of always harping on the past. She said it as, she posed it as a genuine question. Yeah. I feel like oftentimes that gets posed as like a punchline already. And like it, that takes away a little, I mean, it's so funny, but it takes away, I think, from a lot of the humor. I also really like that um, it's Galinda with a ga. Oh, Yeah. Did you clock this? Yes. Gina Claire does. She says like a different syllable. Yeah, she says it's Galinda with a gall, which yeah. technically it is. It's, like that's correct, right? Yeah. And I was like, this whole time has that been like not, right? I, yeah, I don't know if that's like a choice or if that was direction she was given, but I think it's funnier because it's like an uglier sound. Yeah. Here's what I really liked about Gina Claire's Glinda. I'm going to use this word and I don't know that it's going to convey what I mean. But her Glinda felt so much more intellectual than a lot of Glinda's. And I don't mean that to mean more intelligent. I just mean like, I felt like you could feel her Glinda like always thinking everything You saw the gears turning, I think, with her. Yes. And it was like, and so then it was like something that really set her apart for me was her defying gravity, which is like maybe a weird place for a Glinda to stand out. But, like, her acting in that was, like, I really felt like you could see her really weighing, like, the opportunity versus the consequence. Mm. And it made it feel a little more understandable, I think. Mm. I don't know. I I really liked the way that Jenna handled some of the stickier parts of Glinda. Like, I think she justified those bits really, really well. Yes, where I saw those gears turning, where I had that moment, is in the train scene where she changes her name. That whole sequence. Yes. Oh my God. That was a master class. That whole sequence. I was like, okay, regardless, that s- sequence is going to get laughs because it's just written very funnily. Um, <laughs> very goodly. <too. laughs> but... <laughs> when you've seen Wicked two days in a row. Um, <laughs> but like that, it was like, first of all, she takes like the longest pregnant pause before she says, oh, me too. I think about it constantly. Oh, me too. But like, Killed it. even after she does the oh, me too, you see her thinking and like, you see the moment of like, okay, what the fuck am I going to say to like, what am I going to do to yeah. do this? And the whole yeah. express my outrage thing, all of it was like so expertly done. Yeah. And it was like, you could see her... There were just so many layers to it. Like you could see her waiting for them to cut her off, but then you could also see her like grasping for whatever the next word was going to be. Do you want to talk about the moment that we both are obsessed with? Oh my God. I feel like, okay, this is very indicative of like the level of thought that is going into the choices that she's making is in the pre for good scene. She comes down those stairs. First of all, stunning. I like forgot how beautiful it is to watch that big blue dress. And she's in a brand new bubble dress. Bitch, it is so sparkly. Also, we should mention that Kathy Fitzgerald is in an OG. It's in the original Wizard's Chamber design. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so she comes down those stairs. She looks stunning. And then, Elfie, I know you don't want to hear this, but someone has to say it. And that's like a very like straightforward thing that people say to each other is like someone has to tell you this. But Jenna makes the choice to kind of like reference Chistery as she's saying it as if to say like someone has to say it and he can't. So it has to be me. It's such like a multi-level, yeah. a multi-layered type of funny. Yeah. 
And it's so subtle that like you and me guffawed when she did no it. One else laughed. And like maybe two other people chuckled. Like it was But it was good. It was a good choice. Um, should we move on to Miss Lindsay Heather Pierce? Where do we be? Okay. Let's start with the entrance. She comes in glowing. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's almost like there's no aggression. It also makes sense. I'm like, she's excited to be at school. Like, there doesn't need to be aggression, I think, in that entrance. Yeah. Her wizard and I uh, has so many new, like, acting beats in it that I had never seen before. <laughs> you guys can't see, but Kevin just did <laughs> sentimental hands, which hopefully you'll get that <laughs> reference. Well, okay, I guess in general, her alphaba. Yeah is so different because it's so... This isn't, like, the perfect way to describe it, but I think it, like, paints a picture. Her alphabet is very Gen Z in the sense where it's very hyper-aware of... Like, she's very Uh hyper-aware of her depression and, like, accepts it and, like, uses that (laughs) as a source of humor, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like her alphabet feels less like a musical theater character and more like a dark comedy like indie film character it almost feels like it's just another layer of what makes alphaba different in this world like yeah. she's got this green skin that nobody else has she sings these crazy alien notes that nobody else does and she also exists on like a different energy plane than the rest of this She's world. She's one of those like weird and weird in like a endearing way, but like one of those like weird Tumblr girls. Like it, <laughs> it was very that energy where it's like, oh, I can get why I was like, you're not existing in like the norm of society, but you are like doing your own thing and like your people are your people, you know? But like, yeah, okay, that's interesting. It almost feels like Lindsay's Alphaba, whereas like a lot of other Alphabas are like, I stick out for this one thing, and so I'm so shut off. Lindsay's alphabet was more just like, I'm weird for this one way, might as well be weird for all these other fucking ways. Yeah, you like know it wasn't I mean? just the skin. It was like, oh, this is like a, she's a little off kind of a girl. Where, right, you know, right, right. Where it's like, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, 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 totally. Her alphabet's so weird and cool. Yeah. That's the thing, it's weird and cool, where it's like, she's like a edgy girl, but like weird, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Wizard Knight, incredible, Defying Gravity. Okay, I'm gonna say that I think she's a Defying Gravity alphabet. I think that's what she said. I was trying to think, like, do we remember what she said? Yeah, because she said, I am a Defying Gravity, but I want to- Oh, but she's aspiring to no good deed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, her Defying Gravity, they were all great, but like, I feel like Defying Gravity was really, she tapped in, in a way, where I was like, oh, she's like, feeling it. I do just want to touch back to the wizard and I really quickly sure. before we move on to Defying Gravity. And I just want to say that I love and like shout out to Matt Farnsworth, her vocal coach as well. But the way she um, vocally paced herself during the wizard and I was so yummy because she kind of like built the song in a way that when we got to the belt, it was so thrilling because she had really, really slowly built us there and i think what was so surprising is it's like i feel like i know lindsey pierce's voice like she's been singing for a long time and like i've been consuming it but like watching her do alphaba live there was like it feels like there's like a pinginess to her voice that i hadn't experienced before through like her other singing stuff and i loved it and it worked so well for alphaba and also her lower register she's got i'm not that girl on lock She's got I'm not that girl like butter. Her voice just and I I think her her speaking voice sits low down there to begin with. And I was gonna say I think that kind of adds to the humor of her of her alphabet because when she drops into that like deadpan mm. line delivery, her voice is so is capable of going so low sure. that it really like it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, also her defying gravity. I know. I, well, I know. I said she's defying gravity. I would like to raise to you the the concept of a as long as you're mine alphabet. Oh, because my god, there was something about Stevie. the way she sang and performed as long as you're mine that I was like, wow, I'm paying attention during this song. 
Yes. Because sometimes as long as your mind, your eyes can glaze over a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's something in it. And she was also doing like very quick runs in it that I loved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, mm. her defying gravity really reminds me of Adina. Emma Hutton's defying oh, gravity. Sure. Not in that they're extremely similar, but like they both took very like fresh breaths of air into that song. I, okay, it, I agree. Fr- from a character standpoint. I, I agree. And she yeah. also gives, really did that kind of like not musical theater energy as Alphaba, yeah. which is interesting. <laughs> Come on, Alpha Besties. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but that is something that I loved about Lindsay's Defying Gravity is that she really felt like she was freshly learning these things about herself in the song. Whereas like sometimes I feel like Alpha Buzz can play it and equally as valid, like that like they have this grand realization and then it's just like, let me tell you these things that I now know. Do you think that the way that the Morrible delivers their the Defying Gravity speech affects the performance of Defying Gravity at all? I mean, of course. Because, like, I don't know, back to Kathy Fitzgerald, that speech was, like, actually terrifying, so I'm like, there's no shot that the actress there doesn't, like, take that on in how they then move into the first verse, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's a heavy lift for Marble. Sets the tone. You're the setup. You're the opening act for, like, the greatest rock concert on Broadway. Which, like, it took Kathy Fitzgerald to make me realize that. I haven't really, like, given that much weight to the Marble speech before. That's true. I never really thought of, like, the fact that Marble is, like, a scene partner in that song. Yeah. Like, it's, I think it's easy, especially, like, watching bootlegs, it's easy to just think of her as, like, a voiceover. But she really is there, like, pushing Elphaba to the point where she can start defying gravity. Because mm-hmm. she is, her, I mean, back to her, her delivery of that is, like, terrifying, but it's also so, like, demeaning yeah like she she really like pulverizes it's like really evil it's like oh i'm like oh marble's evil she's the wicked witch evil marble's the real wicked witch okay you heard it here first (laughs) (laughs) she literally is (laughs) yes i don't know why that hit so hard (laughs) but okay so then but we got to talk about Lindsay's flight section of defying gravity crystal so good. it was so clear it was like center of the pitch so bring in that vibrato at just the right moment she vibratos like, on the high f which i think is a flex i'm that, just gonna say thank you for calling it a flex because she's like not only do i have the note but i've got it so comfortably i can let my throat relax while like, i'm singing literally it. queen shit i mean that spin is it's like healthy it's like so healthy you're not stressed at all i was like it's like no push and okay so that's another thing about Lindsay, where it's like i love to be worried about my alpha buzz because i don't like when it sounds so easy that it's like not thrilling but like Lindsay, Uh i think strikes a middle ground where it's like i'm not worried about it and i'm not like this is boring it's just like it's like the perfect Uh middle ground of just like very thrilling vocals i think it's impeccable it's such a good vocal run of the show. Agree. She really like hits the mark in every even her like fucking um it does sound wonderful. I'm like, you better place that note somewhere. Also, I just wanna say So good. Uh, I know she didn't do this for us, but I think it was like a pretty funny thing. She sang the flying portion of Defying Gravity pretty scory, like it was to score at the dress rehearsal. And then at opening night Oh yeah. She was feeling it. Ooh, bitch. You want to talk about a bitch was warm? (laughs) She hit us with the Eden Espinosa how I option. Uh Uh-huh. My arms, I blacked out and my arms were just in the air when I came to. It was like so... Quincy was riding a roller coaster. Oh my God. I wasn't ready for it because I was expecting the score. The house went nuts. The house went nuts. Before we get into opening, I was... Very impressed with Riley Costello's Bach. First of all, the platinum blonde hair was Assert. incredible. I loved it. It's gay rights. He's giving pristine vocals with like very quick runs. That is also uh-huh. a flex. Like he's he's very comfortable as Bach, I think, and is having a lot yeah. of fun in the role. And it also it makes me happy to know that he's flexing in that way 
after like three weeks with the creative team, I'm happy to know that that's all like approved. Approved. Because when we talked to Danny Quadrino and he was like, sometimes I get in trouble if I got a little poppy. Yes. So may the box of days to come. Give box more freedom. They're more, it's a better character when they're like having fun, I think. Yes. Um, okay. Opening night, we went to Stephanie J. Blockheads before with some friends. We did go to Stephanie J. Blockheads. Then we're sauntering into our seats and see everyone start clamoring into the orchestra. And we're like, what's going on? We walk inside to see that Kristen Chenoweth is standing on stage. Christy Dawn Chenoweth back on stage at the Gershwin. First of all, Quincy, can you believe we almost missed that because we were trying to get fucking Osmopolitans at the bar? <laughs> You're not even allowed to drink like, in the seating That you couldn't area. even bring in. So we were like, oh, okay, we'll wait till intermission. And we're like, we had to go up three fucking escalators. Well, so listen. But we, we saw everybody running in. So we well, Kevin and I didn't realize, <laughs> unless you did. I don't think we realized that we were on the wrong floor. We thought we had gone up and we were at the mezzanine level already. So we see everyone running into the orchestra and we're yeah. in there, and Kevin is like, Glinda Mind is on, and his phone is out. He's recording Kristen Chenoweth. And I'm thinking, wait, Kevin, we need to get up to the mezzanine right now. We're in the orchestra. The show yeah, is going to yeah. start after this speech. We have to go. So, like, three times, I'm like, Kevin, we got to go. Like, we got to get upstairs. Kevin, like, ignores me the first two times. And I'm like, I did. I'm going to let him, like, take this in. But, like, we do need to leave. And I appreciate when- you for that. Because you know Wicked doesn't let people in until after the wizard and I, if you're, like, not in your seat. And, like, I was not going to do that. So then we make our way all the way up to the mezzanine, sit down, and the show begins. And it is... Rock concert. Rock concert. I had no voice this morning when I went to work. (laughs) It was so funny. There's, like, a lot of, like, Wicked gays at work. And everyone was, like... My voice is shot today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever have a theatrical experience like that again. It will certainly be hard to top. Like, like that was history. Yeah. So like the lights go down, big applause. Mm-hmm. And then the music starts, big applause. The then monkey the, comes out. The monkeys come out, big applause. The curtain, the curtain goes up, big applause. And then the Glinda, Glinda got a standing ovation when she came down. Standing entrance ovation which you guys all saw because wicked put it out yes then she says it's good to see me isn't it yeah. i mean like was that i mean was that a second standing i think we stayed standing oh sure because we stayed we standing through coming. all of that yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 i mean we all knew it was gonna be nuts but, but it like was, i couldn't fathom like how nuts it was gonna be i've because i've never seen people behave that way in a theater before and here's the thing it sounds crazy and it was crazy but it was all crazy filtered through the lens of we're all cultured theater goers who know how to actually behave yes it was not disrespectful at all it was not rear mezzanine at the share show crazy it was like (laughs) (laughs) not that that was disrespectful (laughs) it was like cultured and what was so cool i can't remember if i said this on pod or if i said this to you but it was like Everyone was, like, a hardcore fan of the show, so everyone, like, knew when to be quiet. Like, we all, like, had the moment and then stopped, you know? Yeah. And, like, we knew when we could milk the moment and when we needed to, like, shut up, I think. Right. It really felt like the audience and the cast and the conductor were all working together to make sure that the experience was, like, fun and memorable and special while also like maintaining the fact that like we're watching a a show right now yeah i did turn to you after the opening number and was like this show is going to be five hours we're going to be here forever yeah (laughs) and i would have been okay with it it was like and that's the crazy thing where it's like because we had just seen dress rehearsal two days prior yeah opening night flew by so much faster than dress rehearsal not that dress rehearsal felt long but like opening night i was like wait it's done like how did that happen yeah yeah, I feel yeah. like I blacked out the whole time. I've not had that much serotonin in my body <laughs> in years. <laughs> my hands were sore. Like, I was begging for a book scene. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, I could not physically keep clapping. It was so bad. But then I was like, I'm not going to do a fake clap at Wicked opening night. Like, what do you do? No, I don't care if I bleed my fingerprints off. I'll get new ones. <laughs> it was, like, so painful to keep clapping, but you had it to. Was, yeah. It was, and, like, every every single person got entrance applause. Dillamond got entrance Dillamond, like, all the way up until the wizard. People got, and, like, generous 
Gen- hefty like, entrance applause it was yeah. which like deservedly so Deser- yeah it was, yeah when the ensemble would like have a dance number they got applause it was like so good uh yeah and it that was something that i think was really special about the evening was that it was like a celebration of like the whole show it wasn't just like yes jenna claire yes Lindsay. Yeah. it was like everyone everything that happened on that stage got a huge applause like scenery got applause like music got applause quick changes got applause quick changes the bubble got an uh got an applause the broom got an applause when it flew out of the thing like and we all know that broom flying trick is not impressive no mama the fucking green baby in the opening number got an applause like people were just fucking hyped to be there it lasted the entire three hours i'm sure it was like this at other shows too but it was like i think there's something about of the four that opened last night i think there's something special about like wicked wicked was the event of tuesday like we can say that wicked was like it was the, the event and it, and i think it's because it's like obviously yes hamilton has a very specific fandom and obviously chicago like chicago has its own fandom as well and the lion king has like a built-in audience and like Miss but with attendance. <laughs> wait we have to talk I, about that I just so, want to know, like, which came first? Like, was she gonna see the Lion it's King? It's definitely and they she were had plans. Like, yeah. Well, okay. So, guys, or were they like, "Do you want to come to opening night and do the curtain speech?" And she said yes. And they said, "Here's your ticket." And she said, "I'm gonna go to the Lion King." No, definitely she had tickets to go to Lion King already. And then they were like, "Hey, can you do the speech?" Because I do, I do believe in my heart of hearts. They put the ask out to both Adina and Kristen, and Kristen was like, "I'm here. I'll do it." I was surprised that it not like mad. I was I was expecting Chris in the beginning, Adina at the end, if I'm being honest. Yeah, but that would have been cool. It also makes sense that Adina just like didn't come. But I do think it's just so funny that Kristen Chenoweth came and did the pre-speech. And also because the entire show, I'm like, wow, Jenna Claire gets to perform Wicked for Kristen Chenoweth. Same. Meanwhile, she's fucking watching the circle of life at the Minskoff yes. Theater. She just can't wait to be king, bitch. Also, I'm like, Kristen, why are you going to the opening of Lion King? Why is that what you had a ticket to? <laughs> of all your options that night, no Tino Shade to the Lion King. It's fantastic, but it just seems like... Not the choice for Kristen Chenoweth to be going to on opening night. Anyway, I think that the audience at Wicked, specifically that performance of Wicked, was just made up of people who love loved the show and who really wanted to be there. And wanted it to be a moment. Right, like we, we all were there because we signed up for a very specific experience and we all made sure that like that experience was good and fair and fun and not... Yeah obnoxious i did have a thought during the show where i was like are we like annoying the people we're sitting next to like is this gonna be like one of those things where they go back and tell their friends how annoying these like two gays they were sitting next to were being so annoying yeah um but then i got over it because i was like no i'm just gonna like enjoy yeah. this experience also turns out <laughs> the they people we're sitting to next to were <laughs> listeners <laughs> <laughs> i even said to you on opening night i was like i keep having to remind myself that like this is a very cool thing and like I need to let myself like enjoy this to a hundred percent. And it did. Like as soon as we got to the grocery, it was like a whirlwind. Like it felt like you were just like going, 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 sitting down watching the show, then intermission was crazy. But it's yeah. like, I don't know, I'm pretty happy because I do feel like I took in the moment. I feel like those kinds of things I typically kind of just like turn my brain off and then like come to after. But like I was really trying to be present and like enjoy everything that was happening. And not get in my head about anything. I'm super thankful that we have that experience for forever. Just like truly will remember for the rest of my life. I think we're recording this episode too soon after opening because like it still hasn't, I think, like set in because like opening happened, then we went out after and then like we went to work today and it's like we haven't had a second, I think, to like really think about like how insane that was. But like, oh, yeah, such a special moment. That's yeah. The thing that I, when I'm like an old queen, I'm going to like be talking to the young gays and be like, I was at Wicked when it came back. I are going to be like, okay, there. cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up. It's just like another like crazy, cool, special thing that has happened for you and I like because of this podcast. And like maybe that's like super corny to say. It just makes me very happy that we started this podcast because a lot of really cool stuff has happened. Well, I feel that way about like getting to meet so many of you at the 
wicked performances where yeah. I was like, wow, this is super cool. That like, like literally intermission happened and the person sitting in front of us turned around and was like, Kevin, I knew that was you laughing at this like joke. <laughs> and I was like, wait, that's insane to me that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we have these relationships with people and it's so cool. And that you can just like click in and like automatically like have something to talk about. And like, there's a conversation that, and we know mm-hmm. we all love it. I think that's like so cool. Really fun, really special. I did have a little bit of, like, a crash today. Did this happen to you where, like, all morning I was, like, kind of still in, like, the good curtain call mood, and then at lunchtime it was just, like, (laughs) Like, I was, like, a monster at work today. I was, like, slouched in my chair, not talking to anyone. It's just going to be, like, a wild time. This month, we're doing an episode every week, Mm -hmm. so... Six days from now, new But that episode. doesn't necessarily mean you're getting an interview every week. I just want to manage no. expectations, guys. I think we have a good balance coming up of, like, splashy, heavy-hitting interviews and some kind of, like, fun, nerdier stuff. So Kevin basically is uh, taking the reins on one of these episodes that, like, I'm very excited about because... <laughs> He's put a lot of uh, work and research into it, and I am going to show up and see what happens. Um, (laughs) But I'm, (laughs) but I think it's going to be really fun and like different, but super super interesting. I'm going to learn a lot for sure, for sure. Classes in session. Animals should be seen and not heard. And it's perfect for Wicked Month. So I'm really excited for that episode. Yeah. I'm really excited for the interviews. And then we have our listener episode coming up at the end of the month for Wicked Day. For Wicked Day, yeah. And I, that listener episode, I mean, yeah. all of the stories are so good. Like, I'm, I'm, so glad we're, I'm so glad we're doing this. This month is going to be really fun and really special. I'm so excited to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In lieu of a Stuck on SJB today, I want to talk to Kevin about this Dumois post that was sent to me that says, The Wicked movie has found its Glinda and Alphaba. Casting announcements are expected within the next few weeks and shooting will happen in spring 2022. I can't say much about the casting choices except that Glinda is a Disney star and Alphaba is an up-and-coming person of color singer. Both girls are under the age of 28. Universal is still underway casting the rest of the cast. Many big names, parentheses, and I feel like this is important to say, not James Corden, are in consideration for The Wizard. I would also just like to say that was the first time I heard that. Yeah, my friend sent it to me right as we were getting ready to record the podcast, and I was going to read it to Kevin, and then I was like, actually, I'm going to see yeah, yeah, the yeah. pod. I love this. Okay. What's your take off of what I just read? I would say that this post very much supports the, like, popular theory that it's going to be Dove Cameron. What other Disney star? Well, this made me feel sad because I was like, (sighs) I used to, like, really know the Disney stars. And then literally I had the same thought process where I was like, what other Disney stars are there? I could not name you a single, like, current Disney star that's, like, on the Disney Channel. I don't even know, like, what TV shows are happening right now. No. So I think I've crossed into... Adulthood territory. Old person territory. (laughs) I do think that is in relation to Dove Cameron. And I also think the young POC singer, that's the only thing where I'm like, they called it a singer. But normal people, I think, would refer to musical theater people as just like a singer. Uh Famously, I have a mouse pad at work from Adina Menzel when she was on Undercover Bosses, and her lower third was Adina Menzel, parentheses, singer. But I think that supports the rumor that Alphaba in the movie is Emmy Raver Lantman. Yeah. I mean, what a thrilling cast, if that's, if that's it. I'll say this till the day I die. I really think that Miley Cyrus would be a fantastic uh, movie Alphaba. Emmy Raver Lantman is 33. Okay. The thing said they were both under 28. Oh. Uh, are we going to out her age on the pod? I'm not outing her age. I'm solving a fucking mystery. Okay, then who is like a person of color recording artist right now that's young? <gasps> what if it's like Chloe or Hallie? What if it's Chloe? What if Hallie gets Little Mermaid and Chloe gets Alphaba? Okay, now I'm fucking listening. That's actually super That cute. would be... Wow, okay. I hope the movie cast is announced by the time this episode comes out and we know. Me too. Um, guys, Wicked the Musical on Broadway, better than ever. Gershwin Theater, 222 West 51st Street. Anything else? 
thankful I got to do it with you, bud. Me too. I'm grateful to be alive right now. This was like, this is a great time yeah. to be alive. I mean, it's a yeah. horrible time to be alive, but it's also a great time to be alive in these horrible times that we're alive. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll see you guys next week. Yes. Talk to you very soon. Don't get used to this weekly format. This is a wicked no, no, month no, 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 special. No. This is in October. No, no, no. We Listen. are busting our butts for wicked month. And that's it. And we're taking a, a nice long nap. And deep teas, though, we're taking a nice long nap, but... Oh, deep teas. We might do a live show, guys. So actually, yeah. if you have a... Well, one, DM us or tag us or whatever and let us know if you would actually like come to a live show in New York at a cabaret venue. Two, if you have ideas on like what we can do for a live show, what performances you would want to see, that kind of a situation, let us know. We're open to suggestion. But don't be basic. Don't say Jackie Burns singing The Wizard and I because... No, no, no. We're looking for creativity. Yeah. So, so much fun. So nice to be back. Good to be back. So nice to be seeing Wicked again. Now that we... Like, now we can just see Wicked whenever we want to see Wicked. I know. I can play the lottery any day of the week. Remember when we wanted to see Britney Johnson and we were like, we're going to enter the lottery every single day this week and hopefully get to see Britney. And then the first day we won. <laughs> I do remember that, but it just needs to be said. Big shout out to Jenny DeNoya and Britney Johnson on show. the Today Show. They performed like half the freaking musical on the Today they Show. They did <laughs> at like four in the morning. They Killed it, and the whole company too. Yeah, I mean, and also bravo to yeah. Lindsay and Jenna Claire on Fallon, which will have happened by the time you guys listen to this. Yes, we know it's going to be good. Do you think they're doing for good? See, I hope they're doing the Wizard and I am popular, respectively, but I, they're probably Cute. doing for good. I'm just like I'm tired of the press performances of what is this feeling and for good. Give me the big numbers, you know? Yeah, popular would be a good press number. I agree. And not then you can go Kristen. into I'm not that girl. I'm not that girl is not a good press number. Okay. I missed being snarky with you in this way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Sentimental Men. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Quincy Brown and Kevin Bianchi. Thanks to Julia DeMarzo for our thrillifying artwork. And thanks to you for tuning in. You can reach us at sentimentalmenpod at gmail.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at sentmenpod. That's S-E-N-T-M-E-N-P-O-D. Till next time, I'm Quincy. And I'm Kevin. Oh, Adina's performing on America's Got Talent. I wonder what she's doing. Well, singing, I would imagine.